This is the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, and I'm your host, Cindy. I gladly welcome you to this comfy, cozy space for introverts, highly sensitive people, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is a place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. Gather around the hearth, get comfortable, and settle in. I'm glad you're here. Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 84, I'm going to chat with Ariana Smith of The Copy Cove about how to develop a cozy, introvert-friendly writing routine for your business. Now on to our conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm joined today by Ariana Smith. She's a licensed counselor, a copy coach, and founder of Courageous Copywriting for Clinicians. So welcome, Ariana. Thank you so much, Cindy. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. uh, Before we get into our topic today, which is going to be how to develop a cozy, introvert-friendly writing routine for your business. So I'm excited about that. But tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Yay. Um, Well, I like you mentioned, I'm a therapist in private practice. I'm located out of Denver, Colorado. And so by day, I am therapizing usually other highly sensitive people and work with the LGBTQ community. And then my other uh, passion is copywriting. And so I work with therapists and coaches to help them write magnetic messages that draw in their ideal clients and sound like them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's perfect because I I think a lot of us struggle with copywriting whenever we start out because sometimes it's just trying to find our voice or sometimes we have to work with clients for a little while before we even are able to describe what it is like the work that we do or who we work with. Um, And I think being having um, a copywriter or someone to work with or a copy coach to help you bring that voice out is so important. Yeah. And we also get a lot of messaging in grad school that is telling us to hide our personality and hide who we are and be a blank slate. And so I think that's another aspect of what I really love supporting therapists doing is like, okay, like you don't have to sound like a cliche, but sound like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we have to unlearn a lot of that because it. I, I think a lot of the things that I wrote in the beginning was like a grad school paper, and it was really boring. Yeah. And now <laughs> I, and then I think in the middle I was like, okay, what's uh, what's the right way to do this? Like, and I think that there's so many different ways to to do copywriting to where it does sound like you. And there may be some formulas out there that's really helpful, but then it can also be, um, you know, bringing yourself back home to who you are and how you speak and how you want to convey what you want to um, to your audience. And I know that I've found with me, I've kind of ignored any of the rules. And it's like, what do I want to say to people? Exactly. Exactly. I think that's going to be a theme in our conversations of how do we learn the rules and then break them so that Mm -hmm. it works for our brain. That's kind of going to be a little bit of our topic today too, is like what works, but then what works for you? I love that. I love how you said that, like learn the rules and then break them. Because I think Mm -hmm. when we're first starting out, we don't know that we can break the rules or we're not confident enough to go our own way. Mm -hmm. Because I'm someone who I do like to research things and investigate things and know what's out there. 
but it doesn't mean that I'm going to follow what's out there. I just like the knowing part of it and then I can make it my own. Yeah, exactly. And we're not, once again, like we're not really, we're very conditioned to follow the rules, right? So we have to fight against a lot of messaging to like stay in your lane, follow the rules. But really, I think when I think of like the most creative, successful, happy people, they're the ones that have have said like, have made their own way, you know, and like what you're describing, like researched what other people doing. And then like, I'm going to do what works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes that research for me, at least it's a little bit of a comfort just knowing what's out there. Um, yeah. But also not feeling like I have to follow any of it. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> I know what's out there. And then I can do something completely yes. different. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So I know that the topic is about um, a cozy introvert friendly writing routine. So yeah, I'm curious about because I love all things cozy and I'm such an introvert. So I'm really excited (laughs) to see how this writing routine is going to be conducive to me and probably a lot of listeners that are like me. Yeah. Well, and I know you write for your business. So I definitely would love to hear what has worked for you as well, because I think the first tip that I want to give your listeners and anyone is even to even this word, even deconstructing the word routine, because I think for some, you know, for some of us, like that term routine, like, oh, that does feel cozy. But for other people who maybe are neurodivergent or highly sensitive or introverted, this routine can feel suffocating. So kind of as I was thinking about this topic, I wanted to have this overarching feeling of like routine is whatever works for you. And if routine feels cozy and like, that's great. But in the concept of this, let's just think about what is a set of steps you take around your writing, you know, like it doesn't have to have that connotation positive or negative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there can be a difference um, in the way that we look at the word routine and Sometimes it it does for me, it feels really constrictive. It it's like I pre-plan things. It's like mm-hmm. every day from eight to ten, I sit down to write. And that is yeah. not gonna work for me. <laughs> but uh when I do write, I may have certain things that I do, but I have no idea when that's gonna happen or when inspiration's yep. gonna hit. Yeah. Well, and even within what I'm hearing for you is like your routine, you probably have a set of steps that you take when inspiration hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, I pull out my notes app on my phone and just start making notes. (laughs) And a lot of times the inspiration, it will hit um, when I'm in the shower and I'm like, okay, I hope I remember this when I get out, I've got to write this down or uh, sometimes right before I'm going to bed or right when I wake up or when I'm on a hike and I just try to, that's really my thing is keeping my notes app handy so I can write down a few sentences and then I can go back out later and flesh it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of creating like a cozy introvert friendly routine is really working with the way your brain works. Right. Mm-hmm. And also like acknowledging that you might be someone that needs to write when inspiration hits, mm-hmm. or you might need to be someone that does sit down every eight to 10 every day, because I think it can work both ways, but mm-hmm. it's about knowing what works for you. And I think that's kind of the first part about making it introvert friendly and cozy is like, if you're fighting against the way your brain works, it's never going to feel comfortable. And it's also not going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the the important part is not fighting against how your brain works. (laughs) 
Yes. But along the lines of that, I think another tip I would give around like a cozy introvert friendly routine along the lines of how the brain works is almost finding what I like to call like your Goldilocks place, your Goldilocks writing place, you know, not too hot, hot, not too cold, not too cluttered, not too barren, uh, not too like, not too isolating, not too overstimulating. And I don't know if, you know, we give ourselves permission around that too, that like, when I'm going to write, I'm going to light a candle and I'm going to use my favorite mug. And I'm going to, I just discovered this was a game changer for me. One of those things that like froths milk. Oh my Um, gosh. It's amazing. (laughs) Okay. We're going to have to get on a little tangent and talk about this for a minute. Uh, So yeah, every morning, (laughs) yeah, every morning I make a, like a Earl Grey latte. So it's basically, I get some, um, you know, Earl Grey tea, uh, some tea that I really like and brew that and I'll get my um, cup and I have this creamer that I love. It's a, um, I think it's by the, oh, what is that? Coffee Mate, but it's like the natural bliss one. So it's Mm -hmm. a vanilla almond milk creamer. And it's one of the few non-dairy creamers that I've found that froths really well. Um, So I do a couple tablespoons of that in the bottom of my teacup. I warm it up in the microwave for about 20 seconds. And then I use one of those little frothers and get it frothy. And then I brew the tea into that. And it is just perfection. And <laughs> it's just so fluffy and so flavorful. Like it, it really does change the whole tea experience. Uh, I am also drinking Earl Grey right now. <laughs> and and I was like, I have to froth my tea because like it, it gets you in the mood. Like it gets, it gets you in this happy, joyous space. And when you think of it from a sensory perspective, it's very um, enjoyable from a sensory perspective too, like the taste, the feel of, I love the feel of like a warm mug on my hands because I'm always freaking cold. Um, <laughs> and so I think we can incorporate this into writing routines because like you can do these little things to cue your brain of like, okay, I'm going to sit down and write right now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so enjoying like, what are the sensory things that you need? Do you need a fuzzy blanket? Like, do you need to put on um, certain types of music, you know? And once again, it goes back to the routine that is just the set of steps that works for your brain, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be anything formal in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Because outside of, I guess I do have two different ways that I write. And one of it is just when inspiration hits, I just try and find a comfy chair and Mm -hmm. just start typing on my notes app and get those ideas in there. And that's really more sporadic. And it's like I'm zoned out and I don't even pay attention to my surroundings. Mm -hmm. I don't really, you know, do any of the routine stuff. But whenever I know that I maybe have started that and it's like, okay, I want to continue writing this or I need to script out a podcast episode or where it's something where it's like, yeah, this probably needs to get done sometime. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really do like, uh, you know, finding a comfy place, getting by the window, ha- mm-hmm. maybe lighting a candle, um, having some tea and just making it a comfortable experience. Mm-hmm. And for me, it has to either be absolute silence or um, I might have something on my phone that's like maybe classical music or something mm-hmm. with no words in it. Because if mm-hmm. I 
I get so distracted if I hear, like if I'm trying to think and I hear words or anything like that, that my brain can pay attention to. So it's either absolute silence or something really low key. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love this awareness because for me, I also need silence too, because I need to hear the words in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't always do that if I'm hearing noises in the background, depending, it's like kind of depending where I'm at in the writing process. Like if I'm editing something, then I want, I, you know, I might want music in the background, but if I'm usually, if I'm writing a first draft, I'll want it to be silence. It all depends. I think this all circles back to like, when it comes to a routine, it has to be a flexible routine. It really does. Like it has to be like, if, if you make these strict rules of like, this is my writing routine, then it's not cozy (laughs) at Mm -hmm. all. If it's not adapting there. I think this, what you said earlier relates to another thing that I found really helpful with my writing routine is this idea of having things. What really inspires my writing routine is having things outside of writing that fuel my creativity. Because it's kind of like you need food to fuel your body and to do stuff. So I often am thinking about, okay, so what is fueling your inspiration? What is fueling your creativity? Um, And so that is because when you were talking about um, getting your ideas and the best ideas in the shower, Mm -hmm. like me, when I'm driving, if I need to write a blog post, I'm just going to go drive a normal route. And then the, and then I'll, I'll like play it out in my head, you know? Yeah. Same for me. It is, uh, it really is when I allow my brain to relax, because if I sit down with the intention of I need to write something like there's Mm -hmm. nothing there, but if I can quiet my mind and not have that expectation, I think it's something about removing the expectation, like, oh, I need to create this really amazing piece of content. But yeah, it really is. Sometimes I'm just uh, soaking in the bath and just totally relaxed and out of the blue, Mm there will be this really great idea that I couldn't have like made myself think of. So I, mm-hmm. it's really important to me to, yeah, spend time in nature, do things that are relaxing and just be able to give my mind a break and release those expectations. And oddly yeah. enough, that's when the creativity flows. I know. Yeah. I also find that when, for me, I really focus a lot on writing um, story-based emails to my email list. And so when I'm having these experiences, either inspirational or non, um, and I'll get to that in a sec, I'm, I'm giving myself space to think about, oh, like, how could I incorporate this, right, when you're having these experiences. And so the next email to my list, I'm writing about um, when I got locked out of my car a couple weeks ago, you know, not an inspiring, like creative experience. But like, as I was sitting there, waiting for the locksmith, I was like, I could distract myself on my phone, or I could think about, is there a way that I could connect this and make a story about this to my email list that segues back to copywriting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of times, yeah, using some of that inspiration of things that happen in real life um, to be able Mm -hmm. to connect it because there can be a story in just about anything and just making some mean, yeah, making meaning out of some of the experiences that you have. Yes. I also think something you said earlier got me thinking around another 
aspect of like a cozy routine is being really clear on what your goals are and if they're realistic. Mm-hmm. And it was when you said earlier, like sitting down to write from eight to 10 every Tuesday, not realistic for me. And I think sometimes part of having a successful, cozy, introvert-friendly writing routine is having it be having your writing goals be something that's realistic as well. Because otherwise, you're just going to constantly feel like you're behind. You're not going to enjoy the process because you're like, well, I only got one of these things done. Um, And that's where like working with like a coach is really helpful or a copy coach or a copywriter to be like, this is how I want to engage my audience. This is how I want to grow my business. Like, where should I really be focusing my writing energy? Because I think um, we get a lot of messaging that we have to do all the things and be on all the platforms. And that just isn't necessary. And I know that's a value behind the way you coach your clients too, is not being on all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Over the past few years, I've definitely simplified a lot um, because I found that rest and ease are more important to me than income level or any type of external goals that I have. And having experienced that, it is. And a lot of that does come down to simplifying because I don't want to wear myself out. And when I do have energy, I want it going towards something that's more focused. So with yeah as far as writing really the only two things that i do my solo episodes i script those um mm-hmm. and it's so different because these interviews are just we're having conversations and whatever yeah. pops up and then i'll say but there's something different <laughs> for me just sitting down by myself uh so i just can't sit down and talk and do an episode maybe i can at some point but it feels more comfortable to me to script out those episodes and really be able to say everything that I want to say about the topic. And so between that and maybe doing some post on Instagram, that's like where all my writing goes. So I'm not spreading it out. I'm not, you know, doing a newsletter or doing like a blog or anything um, where I have all of these different outlets where I have to create, you know, different pieces of content and just be writing all the time. Exactly. Yeah. It's about simplifying and knowing where your audience is and how they want to like, it's, it's a Venn diagram of like how your audience like consumes information, but also like, like what you're talking about rest and ease being the most important, like this is how I want to show up, you know? And I think when we think of a writing routine, I love this. You're like, my writing routine is the scripts for my podcast, which is something Mm -hmm. auditory you know, and it can be, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be content, written content that you put out into the world that one might have a writing routine for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I tend to, I try to stay a little bit ahead of what I do for the podcast and scripting the episodes, but, you know, at most it may be every three weeks that I might have to script an episode. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I, whenever I'm feeling in the writing mood, I may do quite a bit and get a little bit ahead. And there have Mm -hmm. been times where I'm like, oh, I need to get this done Mm -hmm. so I can record it tomorrow. And, um, but it's, it doesn't feel like I'm ever really getting behind because I've set up realistic expectations for my writing. Yeah. Yeah. So then when you are writing, you're not going into this mindset of, oh crap, I'm behind. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is not going to, going back to like creativity and inspiration, like inspiration 
can come under a deadline. And I have thoughts around that. But if we're being cozy, mm-hmm. and like introvert, like brain friendly, generally, when we're under pressure, and we're stressed, we're not gonna the, the writing isn't going to flow as easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why I like to combine the out of the blue inspiration and the routine of sitting down to expound upon that. Because I think as I'm keeping track of those things that are inspiring me and making little notes about it, when I do have to do a podcast episode or I want to make an Instagram post, I just go visit that. And yep. the the inspiration is there and I can just mm-hmm. expound upon it. So yeah. I think as long as I'm keeping that little collection of my inspiration, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm ever sitting down to a blank page where it's like, I don't know what to talk about and I need yeah. to do a new episode. I have a yeah. collection of things to pull from. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a great tip um, that I, you know, which it goes back to this routine. We need to have a system even if it's a notes app where we collect our ideas when they strike. Um, because I, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people are faced with like, I call it like blank page syndrome, you know, it's like for the blank page blues, there's nothing that kills. Like, I mean, it depends on your brain. Some people that blank page feels really good, but for most of us who went through years of school, it's not <laughs> exciting anymore. But I think also um, like, I think sometimes we can have a cozy routine that is focused on the bare minimum. I think this goes back to when I think of when I've been under a deadline, because like I I hear, you know, you and I are kind of talking about this balance of like in an ideal world, we're never behind Mm -hmm. on what we're writing. (laughs) We never have deadlines. It's ease all the time. Um, But we also have goals around our business and our goals often involve us getting stuff out there into the world. And so I've, I've found that a way you can still be cozy under a deadline. And one of the ways I've found to do that for me is one, I really like to be playful. That's a big aspect of my personality. I'm the silliest, (laughs) a very silly person. And so I think of like, how can I bring the easiest qualities to what I'm writing? Like, how can I be playful? How can I be silly? Um, It might be different qualities for someone else. But then I also think like, what's the bare minimum? Because not everyone reads, not everyone sees every caption, not everyone listens to every podcast episode, not everyone reads every blog. And so sometimes I think it can be helpful to just give ourselves a break and just get something out there. And what's been surprising to me is some of my emails to my list that have been my quote unquote laziest, where I'm just like, I got to get something out, have gotten like the most engagement too. So like, we never know what is going to land with people if we don't take risks and, and we aren't, I don't know, sometimes when we're under that deadline crunch, we can take risks that we wouldn't normally. And maybe they fail. Nobody cares. Like, you know, no one's like, if you have a really crummy podcast episode, Cindy, no one's going to be like, unsubscribe, I'm unfollowing her. They're just, it's just going to be a blip. They're going to keep listening, you know? So I think that's a good mindset to have for people that have to produce content for their business or um, put things out into the world. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, because I think that's a great way to look at the time crunch where that can produce some really great content because I love the way that you said that sometimes it forces us to take risks that we normally wouldn't because we've got to like, oh, I've got to get something out there. So this is this is on my mind and I'm going for it. I don't know how it's going to land. I don't know what's going to happen. But like you said, sometimes that can be some of the most inspirational. And yeah, we don't always live in just an easeful world. Like there's, we're going to have deadlines. We're going to yeah. have things that we're going to have to get done. Um, so I think not, um, not allowing the time crunch or the deadline to really loom over us, to be more playful with it and, and to see it as, as an opportunity to take a risk or to put something out there. there. Or you could talk about like how you're having a hard time coming up with something and that this is a struggle that everyone has and just be relatable in that way. You, you could take it so many ways. That's exactly. And I can share this in the show notes. That is exactly what one of my emails to my list was. I was like, I don't have anything to write. And so I I looked up writing tips and then they were so freaking ridiculous. And so I made my own bad writing tips. And that was my email to my list was like 10 bad writing tips. And then I made it, I think I made it into a blog too, because one, this is another like writing routine tip, like repurpose your stuff, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But exactly. Like I had an email to my list. I was like, I don't know what to write. I hate writing. And then I was like, I wonder if my clients relate to this. And And so, yeah, I made fun of some of these tips around like one of them, which I, it is an important tip to have no distractions, but like, literally I can't turn my phone off for like 10 minutes. I feel like, you know, so like I was making fun of that. Um, And then there was another thing, you know, I was just like being playful about it. I was being satirical around, here's all these writing tips that are very neurotypical writing tips of like no distractions and like do this and do that. And I was like, this is not how the world works. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, um, oh, I had something I was going to say and I totally forgot. Um, I don't know. Keep going. And maybe I'll remember. (laughs) Well, I do have, I do have another thought around this, um, that, that kind of relates like in an ideal world, things are easeful, right. And, um, we don't have to ever write when we don't feel like it. And then there are times where we do just got to get things down to the wire, take a risk. Um, I think it's important though, if we are going to be in business long-term and we do want to produce words or content that feels like us for us to pay attention to our process and see where we get stuck. And so kind of understanding, like, do you get stuck in the idea creation phase? Like, are you feeling uninspired around ideas? Um, And then there can be, you know, things around that. Are you getting stuck when it comes from, you know, you're really good at taking this idea and dumping it into a first draft, but then you're like, how do I make this into something cohesive? Or maybe what happens for you, and I know this happens for me, I don't know if it happens for you, where like you've got a near final thing, but then you're like, maybe I'll just like keep editing it. You Mm -hmm. know, maybe I'll change this word. And I'm like, that's probably perfectionism at play there. And like, there's just this part of you that won't let you publish. And so I think that when it comes to troubleshooting our writing routine, it's important to understand where we get stuck in the writing process and then where we get stuck in the idea to publish process as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great to recognize where you are getting stuck so you can get some support around that. 
because mm-hmm. it may be that all other, there may be four out of the five things that you just have down pat and there's this one thing that's getting you stuck mm-hmm. and it's not allowing any of that to go out. Yeah. 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 Like if you have all these drafts that you're like, oh, they're not done. And it would be like, what if you set a timer for 15 minutes and after 15 minutes, it was done and it had to go out in the world, you know, like that exposure therapy. Yeah. Way. Yeah. I think that's a great way to do that. Cause like you said, people aren't always reading every single word that you write. And if you're putting, if you just keep putting content out there, if you do have something that misses the mark, like people aren't going to care. It's like, oh, but there's these 10 other things that uh-huh. she's written that I've really loved. And this one uh-huh. just didn't land for me. And that's not the end yeah. of the world. Like not everything yeah. is going to be great. No, no, that that's not possible. Like no. if we think of like no, no, it can never be your best podcast or your best email because that's always changing. Mm-hmm. I do think there is also an aspect of um, really using templates when it's helpful. Like and that can really help create. And this goes back to troubleshooting because like maybe this, you know, the struggle you have is like you have ideas in Evernote and in Asana and then in your notes app and stuff. So maybe once you kind of come up with a system to collect your ideas, that's all you need, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe you're like, you are sent, you know, writing emails to your list. And sometimes they're like thousand word emails. And sometimes they're like 400 word. And like, what would it be like to have a template and not that it's going to be the same thing each time, but that, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to talk about this here, this here, this here, and then I'm going to have a PS at the bottom. So I think there's so many ways that we can be lazy. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think laziness is coziness. It, oh, definitely. Can, yeah, yeah, we can make things easier for ourselves. So that might be a question is like, how am I making things harder than they have to be? How How can I make this easier for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about looking for the things that I don't really like or the things that I'm not excited about and see if there's a way that I can get rid of those or not have to do mm-hmm. those. Because I think we put a lot of uh, rules on ourselves yeah. about what business should look like. And we're doing yeah. like so many people are doing things that they don't have to do. It just mm-hmm. they think that they need to do them because that's how they've seen other people run their business. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think being able to look to those frustrations or the things that are getting in the way and really ask yourself, do I have to do this? And if you don't, mm-hmm. then don't do it or find another creative, fun way to do it a little bit differently that makes mm-hmm. it easier for you to follow through with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I also think there's an aspect of de-shaming too. I think for introverted folks, um, highly sensitive people, there's this constant messaging around like, you're not the way you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we kind of ask, where is shame getting in the way of my writing process and my writing routine, I think that can be a really fruitful question as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many things that can get in the way. I and I think taking <laughs> off a little bit of pressure and realize like, hey, it's not that big a deal. Like you're just write things, put them out there. And the more that you put out there, the more chance you're going to have at putting some amazing things out there. But if you try to make everything that you write amazing, it is going to be really stressful. You're putting too much pressure on that. And it, it may be, that may be missing the mark because it's, 
you know, too perfectionistic or you're trying too hard for it. So I'm a big fan of just like throwing some things out there because sometimes when I've just got an idea and I'm like, oh, well, let me just write this on Instagram right quick. It has gotten the biggest response versus something that I've toiled over and I thought it was amazing and that everyone's going to love this and it's kind of crickets. So you never know what's going to land with people. You don't. My motto is uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be you. Mm -hmm. And so I like to think before I send something out, I'm like, does this feel like me? And if it does, then I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. You know, like, is the, am I in here? It may not be perfect, but it's, it does feel like me. I think that's the best piece of advice is for it to, yeah, to look at it and, and ask yourself, does this feel like me? Because Mm -hmm. we can do everything perfectly and have the template and have like, you know, where Mm -hmm. someone read it, be like, okay, this is by the book. This is really good. But you can't, there's no connection to it if you can't get a sense of who wrote it or what they're like. It just takes the person out of it. This is sometimes why, you know, as a, as a copywriter, I'm more, I'm more loving my role as a copy coach because Mm -hmm. then it's like, let's find your voice, right? Let's sound what feels like you because no one's going to duplicate that. Yeah, You know, as opposed to like a copywriter is basically kind of like a words actor, you Mm -hmm. know, in a way, but they're, they're never going to get it. I mean, some will, but when you outsource your copy, when you outsource your content, there is that trade off of Mm -hmm. like, it may not fully feel like you. And maybe that's okay, because you Mm -hmm. want to focus on other things. But if you have a business that's very high touch, and very personal, then it to me, it makes more sense for your words to sound like you and feel like you. I love that you brought that up because I've always like, since I've had my business, I've never wanted to get a copywriter. There's like, there's no Mm -hmm. way that I could turn over my words to someone else Mm -hmm. because I'm just so much a part of my business. But like you said, Mm -hmm. if your focus is elsewhere, then yeah, by all means, get a copywriter, get the mm-hmm. stuff out there, do the marketing, like whatever mm-hmm. is going to help your business in that way. But just where my focus is, and I feel mm-hmm. like the way that I connect with clients is through showing who I am. And yeah, yeah, I love that you brought that up. Like you can do uh, copywriting if that... um if your your specific voice is if it isn't super important for your specific voice to be in mm-hmm. every single piece of something that you put out mm-hmm. there, um, mm-hmm. but then if if it is if your voice is really important in the work that you do, doing copy coaching and being able to feel like uh, everything is coming from you, but you're getting support yeah. and someone to help you in in those places that you might get stuck and help discover yeah. solutions for that. Yeah. Sometimes I think of my job as a copy coach as I'm basically like a word therapist in a way, you know, I'm just like, I'm just like, and so much of it is like, there's definitely skills and technique to writing your own copy, but so much of it is like giving yourself permission to just show up authentically as you are and not letting all the perfectionism and the overthinking and, um, just the elusive them of the internet. What Mm -hmm. are the haters is what I call them, you know, not Mm -hmm. them to think and just like show up as you are. And it's kind of this um, process that builds upon itself, right? Because like the more you show up as yourself, 
like the better it feels. And I, you know, bringing a little woo woo, I think your business does better when you are more in aligned with who you are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's definitely what I've been learning as I've been growing in my business. And, and that's what I work with. Well, everyone that I work with, it's about like bringing them home to themselves and being able to trust yourself and that it's, it's all inside of you. And the more Mm -hmm. that you are uh, getting to know yourself and sharing that with other people, the better your business is going to be. I love it. I don't think anyone could have said that better. I really (laughs) like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking any final thoughts on this topic before we wrap up for today? Oh my gosh. I just love that we went so much deeper than I would have anticipated around (laughs) this. I love that it got to be a conversation. Um, One final thought that really helped me is, um, are you familiar with the book, The Four Tendencies? Yes. Yeah. Like, um, by, so the, the book is the four tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And I love how it kind of, the book is, tell me if you describe it differently, but it's basically like understanding, uh, the support you need to get stuff done basically. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm definitely, uh, there's four different types in there. And so I think that that can be something that you can use with your writing routine. Like if you know, that you are, and the four types are like upholder, rebel, obliger, and questioner. Mm-hmm. And if like, you know, you're an obliger, like you need external accountability. And that's yeah. why I work with a business coach and why I have like a community because it, and also like why I have an email list. Like, I mean, no one would notice if I didn't email, but like they would eventually. Right. So mm-hmm. I have that external accountability to get it done. Um, so I think that book can be really helpful to understand, okay, what is the structure that I need or lack of to make my writing routine consistent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so helpful. Yeah, that book was really helpful for me too. And I'm, it's been a long time since I've read it, but I'm pretty sure I'm a obliger as well, um, <laughs> maybe followed by the rebel. So it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes I need that accountability, but then when it's given to me, I rebel against it. And I'm like, people aren't going to tell me what to yeah. do. So it's like, <laughs> so those are a little uh, weird to have like higher up in there. But <laughs> I think the tagline for the rebel is you can't tell, you can't make me do it and neither can I. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right. I'm a, I'm an obliger and a questioner. And mm-hmm. so for me, I really need to under, I'm much more motivated to do something if I understand the why of something. Mm-hmm. So for me with my writing routine, I really wanted to understand, you know, someone could have given me a template and said, do this. But for me, I'm like, I really want to understand the why of this. And that's how I became a copywriter. I was like, why does it work this way? What's the psychology behind this? And why do we word it in this way? And, you know, things knowing like, you know, you need, you have eight seconds to get your reader's attention on the homepage, knowing that why helps motivate me to have really catchy and compelling headlines. So yeah. And then in the obliger, it's like, yeah, I won't do anything unless someone is like, that's why I have a dog. Like, you know? yeah. <laughs> like I would not get outside in the snow today. If my dog didn't need some exercise, I'm fine being cozy on my couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think that's a great resource for people to figure out how they're motivated and how they can get things done. And it can definitely help with the copywriting. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell people a little bit about how they can find out more about you or if you have any offerings for people? 
Yay. Well, I mean, speaking of writing routines um, and copywriting, the main way to work with me is through my program, Courageous Copywriting for Clinicians. Um, And that opens a couple times a year. Speaking of peace and ease, that opens, um, we'll be opening again this spring. Um, And that's really my favorite way to work with people because we do do one-on-one stuff together, but it's also in like a really tight-knit group. So if you're an obliger, (laughs) it's great for that. Um, And then I have some free resources that I think you're going to share in the show notes. Um, I have a short guide that just talks about, you know, five common mistakes that you might be making in your copy. And then I also have a free uh, Banish Bad Copy Masterclass. That's about 90 minutes. So if you just want to learn the fundamentals of copywriting, then that is a great entry point for learning that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those are great resources. And we're going to be back together next week to talk about what tarot can teach you about copywriting. And I am so excited about that. (laughs) I know it's coming out of the magical woo-woo closet to talk about it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for handing me, Sydney. Have a great day. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. For episode 85, I continue my conversation with Ariana and we talk about what tarot can teach you about copywriting. If you haven't yet listened to episode 83, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I talk about email, how it can be overwhelming to the introverted, highly sensitive soul, and what you can do to ease the overwhelm. truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcast and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. If you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy, supportive, small group mastermind for introverted, highly sensitive solopreneurs who help and heal. And I'd love to see you at a tiny retreat sometime. May the forest be with you.